0: Hello there. Welcome to coffee, books, and everything else. I'm Surajar, and today, I'll be joined by Aman Varnekar. Hi, Aman. Hi, Suraj. Thank you for having me over. So, uh, today we'll be doing 1984, uh, one of my favorite books. Uh, it's like the most quotable book ever. And... Uh, yeah. So before that, first let me introduce Aman. Aman's been a really good friend since uh, like seventh grade, and uh, yeah, we we have a lot of similar interests. So yeah, I think we'll have a lot of fun today. Yep. Uh, right then. So uh, first of all, uh, Aman, do you like coffee? Not at
1: all. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I I like the taste. Uh, but i I get acidity after drinking that it kind of runs in the family, so i don't drink coffee uh
0: that's that's actually yeah. damn sad, okay, so right now, I have with me a cup of black coffee gone cold because of a lot of technical issues that went into uh, getting this up and running and uh, but but still it smells good i guess mm. yeah. and, uh, uh the thing is one fun trivia about coffee. Tell me if you knew this. Okay, uh, this the coffee that I'm drinking now is. Uh, I, I like my coffee black usually, and uh, right. this one, this one's from this place called uh, Bilgiri Hills in Karnataka itself, right? Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Uh, the the thing is, as the altitude of coffee increases, uh, as the altitude of where the coffee is grown increases, the creamier it gets. Can you guess why?
1: Hmm. Um, there's wait. Wait, coffee is made out of coffee beans, right? Yes. Yeah, coffee powder.
0: <laughs> no, no shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know, man. Why is it something to do with oxygen and how the shape of the beans and stuff changes because of that, I guess? Actually, it is because of oxygen. So uh, remember, we learned about
0: anaerobic respiration. So yeah. as you go higher into the atmosphere, the mm-hmm. oxygen rate obviously decreases. So yeah. because of this, uh, plants perform a higher percentage of anaerobic respiration as a result uh-huh. of which they create a slightly higher percent of, uh, percentage of lactic acid in their coffee beans, which causes its...
1: Ooh. Wow, that yeah. makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, it's actually pretty interesting. And you can actually see the difference. There's uh, another coffee I got which grows in the plains of Congo or something. And you can clearly see the difference between this and the one I'm drinking right now. Uh, So, yeah, it's pretty cool. If you're a coffee head, then you should definitely try it. I I mean, in your your case, you can probably try it. You
1: can try a sip or something. So, you seem to be a serious coffee enthusiast in that in coffee from Congo and all. I'm learning. I'm learning. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Anyway, anyway. So now let's get down to it. So the structure of this podcast is going to be first we tease the book. And then after Mm -hmm. that, we uh, get to um, more intense uh, discussions and stuff we like and all that. So uh, this is for the the listeners who want to uh, first get a gist of the book and then decide whether they want to read it or not. So if they want to read it, then you can pause it and then go and read it. Uh, but if you're in, if you're just here for the long ride, I mean, and uh, you don't want to actually read the book and you just want to get the ideas of it because uh, first of all, 1984 is like a cult, has a cult following and a lot of references are made. So if you're not into reading and you just want to uh, understand what it's about and the ideas presented in the book, then yeah,
1: sure. Uh, go ahead. And if you've already uh, read the book also... Uh, yeah suraj just a, just a, just an aside here yeah. it's ironic how 90, how 1984 has a cult following because it it's 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 yeah, against right. that kind of right right right, right? Yeah. yeah 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 but
0: but go on yeah so and uh, even if you have read 1984 before and you just want to relive it because it's been a while then yeah i think it's a perfect opportunity so let's okay. start. Let's start the tease, right? So, uh, 1984 is basically set in a dystopian uh, world where um, you have a certain party with a big brother at its helm, lording over uh, the entire uh, all the people there, and they they have control over basically every form of information, uh, communication, how it's accessible and what people can do what people can think they have control over everything so it's it's a perfect dystopia where uh, people uh, what about what can happen if people uh, if a few people have control over unlimited technology and unlimited uh, resources so I, I think it's pretty apt to where we're headed and um, it's a cautionary tale in my opinion, and uh, it's it's a really the way it's written is just amazing, and the starting, ending, the, the whole the whole package is one of the best you'll find in terms of um, actually feeling it. So, if you want to go ahead and read it, I strongly suggest you do. Aman, you have anything to add?
1: Oh uh, yeah do you, Do you want me to go? A little more into depth into the story, maybe just describe what happens the first one or two parts first one or two chapters. Yeah, sure,
0: sure. Just don't make uh, it. Uh, so
1: yeah. Yeah, I I won't I won't have any spoilers. Yeah. Uh so it's basically about uh this that all Winston Smith uh in so the world is divided into three super states Oceania, Eurasia, East Asia. Uh Oceania is run by Bit Brother. Uh, the party at, at, which is uh, headed by Big Brother. Nobody knows who Big Brother is. Everybody just knows that uh, Big Brother is everywhere. Big Brother knows everything. Uh, there's thought police, so you aren't even allowed to think against Big Brother. Uh, there's no independence of thought that's allowed. Uh, and in this, we have our character, Winston Smith. Uh, Winston Smith is somebody who is a part of the outer party. So there's the inner party, outer party, and then the proletariat. Uh, so which so he's like the the second tier of people in the uh in in oceania uh so uh, so though he is a member of the party he is not happy with the uh, oppressive nature of the regime uh and so he has he has uh you know uh, he commits thought crime in the sense that he has ideas which go against what the party says and he, he he wants to have some kind of freedom of thought uh so, his first act of crime in some ways is starting his diary, uh, where he starts writing about these thoughts. Uh, and yeah, so it's basically his story about how he falls in love with somebody, and both of them keep uh, committing what are considered crimes in Oceania, uh, who both want to have a society where they can be free, uh, and how that eventually uh, leads to some stuff that you should read about. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. And and the and the the sad thing about 1984 is that it never stops being relevant.
0: Absolutely, at any time it's always it's always relevant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we will explore that more. So, for people who want to uh, stop right now and read it, I strongly suggest you do. All right. Okay. So, so one interesting uh, thing is this was written right after the Second World War. Is that correct, Aman?
1: Yeah. Uh, in fact, this was at the time when uh, there was uh, so Orwell had experience with Franco's regime in Spain, Franco's fascist regime in Spain, uh, and Hitler and Stalin were obviously quite powerful at the time. Hmm. So you could say, in some ways, he was writing about the world around him.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except it turns out to be a prophecy for generations to come. Uh, not not an exactly, exact, but relatable. Okay. So uh, first, n- now let's, uh, the, first the beginning of the book. I think it's it's a great beginning. It was a bright, cold day in April and the clocks were striking 13. It's, how cool is that? It just sets the tone of the entire book that things are about to get bad real quick. And you're going to be exposed to this total world, which is uh, very different from what you're used to.
1: Yeah, yeah, that there is that kind of tone in the first
0: sentence.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
0: yes, definitely... So, I, I found this uh, quote very interesting. But if thought corrupts language, language can also corrupt thought. Do you agree with that? Mm,
1: this is this is with regards to old speech and new speech, Yes, right?
0: yes, yeah. I, I think we can... Yeah. Yeah, go on, go on.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. So... Uh, if thought interrupts language, language interrupt thought, yes, definitely. I mean, that's the entire concept of so. Uh, uh Oceania has a new language called New Speed, uh, and the English that we speak is considered Old Speed. Uh, so the, the entire idea is that you reduce the number of words so that if you don't have the word for something, if you don't, then you can't even express it, so you can't commit thought crime. You can't, if you can't. If, there, if you don't have the vocabulary for something, how can you think that? So, for example, it's been found that uh, depending upon the words in your language, the way you perceive things uh, are, varies greatly. So, if you don't even have the words for certain things in your language, like freedom, like rights, like liberty, uh, if you don't have these words, how will you even think about them? So, it's it's definitely language has a huge role to play in your thought processes and without one, the other can't exist. So, that's that's... That's one of the ways that the party tries to control the society, and I I think it makes a ton of sense.
0: Right, right, right. Uh, actually, I was reading a few studies about that. There are some there are some studies which uh, claim that in indigenous uh, tribal societies, there are um, communities that uh, have shaped their language differently compared to uh, how how they live and their ways of life. So they can express what they do on a daily basis in a more uh, uh, concise manner, right? Which, which kind of makes sense, uh, which will, uh, so the more they use this particular word referring to what they do on a daily basis, the more easier it will be for them to do it. So, uh, yeah, exactly. I, I think, uh, hmm. and, and, go on.
1: Yeah. And for example, uh, uh, different people perceive colors differently, different people perceive dif- distances differently. Uh, all depending upon their language. So if something as basic as distance and color uh, can be different based on your language, then imagine what can happen with abstract concepts like democracy, like freedom, like
0: liberty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, O'Brien in the middle, uh, O'Brien, by the way, for those of you who have not read it, is uh, one in- inner <coughs> party member who poses to be a part of the brotherhood um with winston so uh, orwell says that the brotherhood is kind of a re- uh, rebellion uh, forming against the um, uh, big brother and the party in part uh, but the, we nobody the nobody can say for sure that the brotherhood is just a, a construct created by the party and big brother to just uh, you know find perpetrators who are uh, against the government or if it's actually a legit thing. But anyway, so uh, this is said by O'Brien who poses to be a part of this brotherhood but is actually an inner party member, right? And uh, yeah, he, he says it's a beautiful thing, the destruction of words. And it's mm-hmm. very opportune yeah. at that moment. Yeah. And uh, now now coming to double think. So this is something... I uh, will just read out the quote. double thing means the power of holding two contradictory beliefs in one's mind simultaneously and accepting both of them I honestly think we do this all the time it's um, it's not very really, or it's it's not that it's there only in a dystopian society where people are uh, taught to hold two contradictory beliefs and accept them both to be true and use logic against logic. But I think we do that even now. Uh, for example, uh, we say capitalism is evil. And then uh, right when he's saying, that, when a person saying that in a TED talk, he'll be ho- holding an iPad in his hand.
1: Right. Mm, yeah. I, I I wouldn't call that double things. I mean, so are you suggesting that a socialist shouldn't... Uh... Uh, use any forms of technology i mean what do they do in today's world I'm, I'm
0: not i'm not saying i'm not saying they shouldn't use any form of technology i'm just saying that they don't think uh, about if you have a general viewpoint in some context in other contexts it changes right and i'm saying hmm. that's natural i'm not saying that's uh, um, hypocrisy or anything i'm saying that's pretty natural but uh whatever you ho- believes you hold in one context can change in other contexts that's what i'm saying what do you think about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that made sense. Uh, I can see how we, we, uh, uh, we don't really hold the same opinion from time to time. Uh, or in fact, on the same topic, we just change our opinion based on context. Having said that, to be honest, I did not completely grasp the idea of Double things in Orwell's world itself. Uh, so can you just walk me through what that means for you in both Orwell's world and in general?
0: To me, it means, uh, as Orwell himself said, holding two contradictory beliefs and believing in both of them. For um, example, um, yeah, th- whatever I said earlier was one example. And f- for me, uh, even even happiness for that matter, uh, happiness, mm-hmm. I uh, I agree with uh, Yuval Noah Harari when he says that uh, happiness is a collective delusion. Right, a uh, mm-hmm. uh, collective delusion of uh, things that are deluded themselves. So the, the how that relates here? Well, the, um, the very premise of double think is that if people can hold thoughts that are good for the society, good for the party, and can hold other thoughts in other contexts, like believing 2 plus 2 is equal to 4 when it comes to building airplanes for the party, uh, when it comes to science and all that, but uh, holding the belief that two plus two equal to five when it comes to the society or what i.e., whatever big weather told them. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, I think that kind of belief is, is the same that exists even now.
1: Yeah. 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 I can see that happening. When, for example, you know, you have say, uh, uh, somebody who's affected by a government's policies, a businessman or whatever, hmm. for example, uh, Uh, who might be a strong, uh, 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 you know, supporter of a particular party. Hmm. So in that moment, there's answer against the party. But in just a while, in like a few hours or a day at most, they suddenly find a way to justify the decision that the the government has taken. I mean, so both of us know the person I'm talking about, but I don't really want to take (laughs) any names on this. Uh so I mean I saw this happen in front of my eyes. Right? Right. <laughs> uh, policy was announced. This person goes mad. He literally goes haywire. Uh, and then literally overnight he changes his opinion and somehow finds out a way to support the policy. Right. Uh, and like the, the logic didn't really make sense. Right. Right. So that's something that happens with Uh
0: so he shall be nameless.
1: oh uh, yes. Alright,
0: then he should be nameless. Fine. Yeah. so uh, one thing we saw was um, okay by the way the saying 2 plus 2 equal to 5 it's a saying really now uh, was actually did you know that it was actually a slogan of the communist party oh
2: it was Yeah. So
0: uh, when- this was under uh, Stalin's uh, fire economic plans when he launched it he said that uh, huh? they would achieve the aims of the um, economic plans in four years itself. So, he said uh, 2 plus 2 equal to 5. Arithmetic of a counter plan oh, wow. plus the enthusiasm of the workers. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I think yeah I was heavily inspired by that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And, um, yeah, what, what do you think about this? Who controls the past controls the future. Who controls the present controls the past.
1: One hundred percent on point. Uh, yeah. So Winston, uh, for those of you who don't know, Winston was a uh, member of what is ironically called the Ministry of Truth. Uh, so that the purpose of the Ministry of Truth was to create facts, create history uh, so that it it's it's as if uh, it, it supports whatever the party says Uh Right. So if you have something that those against the party, some historical source of information that those are against the party, it's, it's destroyed and rewritten. So that was Winston's job. Uh, and I mean, that's true, right? If you, if, if I say that you are evil uh, and I say that to all your friends as well and make them believe it. Uh, and uh, if I eliminate the proof that you aren't actually evil, then maybe even you will first you will obviously oppose it. But when there's overwhelming evidence that you actually are evil, then how do you even uh, prove me wrong? Maybe at one point even you will start believing that you are uh, exactly uh, that you are bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Uh, and I mean this has happened right with uh, uh, in China many uh, symbols of the past were erased uh, in the revolutions and in in so this is this is not as uh, extreme as what China has done or what Orwell thought in the board. But in India itself, if you look at what's going on now, mm. in fact, what happens all the time, right, different governments do this for their own leaders, against other leaders, just uh, discredit in everything that Nehru has done. Right. right. To a point where the supporters of the BJP start believing in that. So when that is your history, then your present becomes Omudi so much better. Mm. So once that is your present, then your future can only be that he is, who is the best leader for our country and we need him for longer.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, the, the, this actually happens in, uh, this is actually pretty common historically speaking. This happens after almost every, uh, revolution, right? After almost Hmm. every time the first way that people lay claim to, uh, what they've won in courts, is by just destroying symbols of the past and th- that that always happens. French Revolution. Uh, even in India the the Mughal invasion for the matter. The whole body bah- yeah, exactly. masjid thing. So yeah. Yeah let's not go there. Anyway that issue solved so yeah. Hopefully. Anyway, so now Okay the choice for mankind lies between freedom and happiness and for the great bulk of mankind happiness is better
2: Hmm
0: and uh, interesting Yeah it's pretty interesting and uh, th- actually this reminds me of another book H- have you read the brave new world No you should absolutely read it uh, I-, I think like since you like 1984 you'll you'll like uh, Brave New World 2. And um, in that, one thing that's not touched upon uh, in 1984, correct me if I'm wrong, is happiness drugs. Okay. So, the thing is, why would you need anything else in society? As long as Mm -hmm. there's always something to keep you content and happy. Why will you need anything else? Freedom, liberty, why will you need any of that as long as you're kept happy and you feel contented and you don't feel a need for any of those things.
1: That's so right. I mean, that's why they say ignorance is bliss. Yeah. And, and uh, as an extension to that, uh, if you controlled so now a lot of us like to believe that our thoughts are our own. Right. Hmm but we don't know if that's definitely true because it's obviously to a very, very great extent influenced by what we read, what we hear, what we say. I mean, what, what, what other people say, what the media says. So for example, if 24 seven, the media told you that the way to be happy is by defeating your enemy and enemy in Mm votes. right? Uh, mm -hmm. Then I mean, that would make you happy because you'd, From right from the time you're born, or from a very long time, you're conditioned to believe that that's what's supposed to make you happy, and that's that's exactly what's happening in Oceania. Right? There are constant war with uh, Eurasia and East Asia, which are the other two superstars. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, Uh, one
0: thing. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this actually reminds me of one question I had uh, when I was just when I when I see any war movie or read anything about war. What motivates a man? to be on the front lines of the war, when he knows that there is absolutely no chance that he can return alive. There's absolutely no chance if you're on the front lines. Like, it's probably very hmm. But what motivates a man to be on the front lines of war when he knows he's not going to see his uh, country or group or whatever, Win the war, or he's he's not going to see any of that. He's he knows he's going to die, but he's still on the front lines. What do you think motivates such a person?
1: I mean, we we, we it won't be fair to say everybody has some kind of uh, uh, you know bad motive because a large number of those people will definitely be there because they care for their country and are willing to die for their country. True. Uh, I won't deny that at all. Mm. Uh, but. I don't know. I mean, what what, what 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 are you trying to imply? I'm not, I'm not.
0: No, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to imply anything. This is, uh, this is kind of a diversion, but this is a question I've always had in my head. What motivates such a person? No, no, I, I mean, I, I don't say that in a demeaning or condescending way. I mean, I mean, yeah, I yeah definitely. For, there. yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Mm, food for thought. Anyway. Yeah. So, hmm.
1: so, yeah I mean one of the motives obviously you're brave and you care about your country, you're willing to die for it. that's mm. one uh, possibly another another could be you know you're just taught to hate the other person forever mm. uh so maybe you'll you're willing to be a martyr in that cause as well i mean hate and love both then create those feelings of uh, willing to sacrifice yourself right uh right. yeah i mean that that's all that is other into mm-hmm.
0: me mm-hmm. Okay, so now let's go to this. This is like a classic Orwell. Make you feel bad about the future. But anyway, uh, if you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. Okay. Yeah, this is is classic Orwellian. And it's... um, it's yeah. When when you read it in the book with the right context, now you might just dismiss it. But when you read it in the book with the right mm. context, it's very chilling. So Yeah. Uh what what, what is I, your view of the future? Are, are you optimistic or what do you think?
1: Uh, so Future, so I mean so on I the am, longer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, go on.
1: So I am to a large extent an optimist. Okay. Hmm. Uh, so, so, so the way I think of this is one is obviously, uh, progress against humanity's greatest problems, uh, on that apart from climate change, I think we've had a stellar track record until now. Mm -hmm. Uh, and a lot of people will disagree with me, but if you want to look at the data, just go to this place called our world in data. Uh, the improvements in standards of life have never been better. Okay. Okay. So with regards to that, yes, I'm very optimistic. Uh, having said that, there are obviously two challenges. Uh, one is people's voice or democracy. Uh, how do we ensure that doesn't uh, you know we don't lose our democracy and go into a Orwellian world? Uh, that's definitely one thing that worries mm. me, uh, especially seeing the rise of you know uh, totalitarianish governments mm. in, for example, Russia and in uh, North Korea, obviously. Mm let's not even talk <laughs> about that uh i mean that's we, you can't even talk of them in the uh with these countries uh so you have russia you have uh, us for example sending in uh, federal troops for the the BLM protests right. uh uh and uh, you you had the, uh, the is it the prime minister or president in hungary
0: hungary no, no, I'm not very sure. Really sure either. No, I,
1: I, yeah, like he's he he. I think he has emergency powers right now, or something of that sort. Okay. Uh. Uh, and Philippines, for example, recently enacted a law called anti-terror law, which is which can easily be used to suppress dissent. That's basically uh, the same thing.
0: UAP in in India.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I was going to come to that. Uh. So. So i mean in, in 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 India as well with uh, laws like the RTI Amendment Act and the uh, uh, Unlawful Activities Prevention Act, which is apparently to reduce terrorism, but the point is uh, there's no there's limit there's very little burden of proof to establish yeah. that uh, and so it's it, that 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 act is being used to uh, uh, arrest uh, activists with very little uh, reason. Mm. uh so yes that is that is one thing that i'm definitely concerned about uh the second thing that i am concerned about is the rise of technology mm. uh ai and uh, stuff like that mm. uh, what happens when one when one person has control to it right yeah uh when 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 a few small number of people have control to the best technology in the world uh that's a huge problem but uh, then on that experts are disagree a lot in terms of when that kind of powerful ai will exist uh, but like face recognition and uh, a lot of surveillance already exists obviously yeah.
2: uh
1: yeah so i think that is oh, oh, oh. and I, I i recently came across some a very interesting uh, thing in ai uh, i Timothy's this uh, software where just by a picture of your eye, or yeah, I think it, it takes a picture of your okay. eyes. Uh just using the picture of your eyes, it can reconstruct your entire face to a high degree of accuracy. Wow, that is insane. Yeah. Is it exactly. actually online now? Uh I don't think I mean obviously they're not putting it on. Yeah, yeah. Uh <laughs> Uh, but I just came across the uh, on. I just came across on Twitter and looked at the uh, the the paper and the images that they had used. Okay. It's absolutely crazy how much the 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 resemblance between the image uh, that that's given to it and the image that it constructs. Yeah, it's insane. It's absolutely crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So I mean that 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 tells us two import that raises two important questions. One is a diversion from our topic. <laughs> uh, that maybe you know there's a lot about. The human physiology that we don't understand. Uh, if you can figure out everything about your face just from your eyes, then probably there's a lot more certainty in things than we imagine. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more relation in things than we imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second is obviously if that's happening today, imagine what can happen later. It's, it's mind right, blowing. Right, right. Uh, even I
0: I share a fairly optimistic view of the herd. Uh, that, yeah. But the thing is, for me, I, I think you you spoke about a lot of uh, totalitarian governments around the world right now. Uh, you forgot China, by the yeah. way, which you were so enthusiastic oh, yeah. about. yeah, yeah. Uh, China's China's going out absolutely bonkers. The the thing is, uh, first of all, the uh, for for even calling them out right now in this uh, podcast once published, you understand we can be arrested in Hong Kong or uh, China, right? Yeah, never go there. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's okay, yeah. but uh, yeah, we we can be arrested now. So uh, hmm. yeah, that, that's how that's how bad this is. It's, it's absolutely crazy. First of all, the whole annexation of uh, Hong Kong by imposing the yeah. security laws—that's oh, hmm. that really bad. It'll, it'll, it'll probably like crush Hong Kong totally. The, the it was the it was kind of the Silicon Valley of the East, right? Until now, you had a lot of companies bringing there, a lot of liberal cultures. Now, all, all of that's probably gonna go away. Yeah, and uh, have it okay, just want yeah, and uh, that and uh, uh do, do you want to say something about Hong Kong?
1: No, not about Hong Kong. I had a more gentle point, so I'll make that after, right? right sure, yeah.
0: and then the Yugan Muslims, uh, the plight of the Yugan Muslims. China, uh, yeah, basically, uh, yeah, for the unacquainted, Yuga Muslims are, uh, originally from Turkey, uh, but they've been living in China for a long time, but China only recognizes them as a, uh, minority in a culturally diverse country. And, uh, they do not give them a separate recognize them as a separate indigenous entity in their, um, Area. And the thing is now now they, they've been enacting a lot of model re-education camps and they've been trying to totally wipe away all trace of religion and uh, uh, God and all beliefs uh, these people hold. And uh, yeah, it's, it's absolutely crazy. And nobody's even doing anything about it. It's been recognized in UN so many times, but there, there's nothing anybody can do about it. No country can... Uh, stand up for no no country is standing up for one section of people in some remote corner of a country which could escalate conflicts right so uh, that's uh, that's kind of appalling and yeah there's nothing anybody can do about them as far as I see what do you what do you think people can do about this about the, the
1: Muslim, yeah uh, the... yeah oh so. People like you and I, I honestly don't no, know. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about countries uh,
0: itself. I'm talking about countries. So countries,
1: definitely, uh, uh, if you, the problem is you you can't criticize a country or you can't act against a country that you're dependent upon. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, so I think one is obviously you have to say we cannot be dependent upon a totalitarian country anymore. Uh we have to uh, have our own uh, more and more countries have to say we have, we have to have our own manufacturing or maybe diversify the manufacturing in other countries as well, which are, uh, hmm.
2: uh,
1: which are more in, more in agreement with what we believe in and not totalitarian in this manner. Okay. Uh, I mean, I know, I know I sound like the right winger Hussein boy thought China <laughs> and everything. Uh, but honestly, I think, uh, I don't see any other option because right now we're too dependent on China yeah, the, to actually
0: that,
1: do anything at the That, they that that's,
0: that's true. And
1: uh,
0: I, I, I honestly think that now it's already too late. The baton has already been seized, if, if you ask me, because China's virtually a leader in every possible way. They have, they have monopolies now in every field. That not exactly monopolies, at least like really, really well-established, well-established companies, in almost every field, thanks to their uh, protectionist uh, policies initially. Yeah. And then uh, they, the leaders in AI, the, the West cannot compare to them right now because they, they can, uh, for example, even the handling of the uh, whole pandemic situation, because of the structure of their governance, they could. They could do things even while compromising on human rights, they could uh, contain the pandemic very easily because they can just uh, put in whatever the measures they want without any repercussions. But it doesn't work that way uh, around the, in the rest of the world and uh, even the US for the matter. So uh,
1: I, yeah, it'll you, be hard to cover that lost ground now. Yes, with regards to the pandemic itself, while that's true. Uh, You have to look at countries like New Zealand, like uh, Taiwan, Vietnam. Uh, You have, uh, okay, Singapore, not that Hmm. much. Uh, I mean, they've controlled the pandemic, well, but it's not related to my point that much. Hmm. Uh, You have Germany, Hmm. uh, where also without an authoritarian government, the pandemic has been controlled. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, uh, so, 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 I, I mean, that's not, that, that. Uh, also, with to your point on AI. Uh, why do you say is is China ahead of say Google and uh, uh, the top American companies as well? Um, not in terms like uh,
0: I I've, I was just reading about this a couple of days ago. Uh, the whole GPT three phenomena that just uh, took the Twitter world by storm. Um, for, for people hmm. who don't know, it was uh, okay. Aman, would you like to explain it? yeah yeah, yeah. i
1: I'm, 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 ad- I'm absolutely mind blown by uh... oh is that even a word mind blown? yeah it is a <laughs> word but I'm absolutely blown I away mean, by Gpt three so yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and explain it yeah. uh, so basically it's like uh, 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 it's its natural language processing which means it understands human language and it can communicate with you in human language uh, so to give you an example of what can be done, the other day I was learning physics from Stephen Hawking for example using uh, GPT-3 yeah. so GPT-3 acts like it's Stephen Hawking and I ask the questions like what is a black hole it actually gives me an explanation in the th- kind of words and in the kind of using the kind of examples that Stephen Hawking Yeah, has. you know I can learn I can use it to learn relativity from my it's experience. insane so and uh, uh, yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's 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 absolutely insane. And to give you another example, of mm-hmm. what has happened? Uh, so uh, now a lot of coding jobs, uh, a lot of coding oh. normally involves design, just designing web pages and you know creating the interface and buttons and uh, n- n- simple stuff like that. Uh, so what has happened? You just type in, so you you can just go to this uh, GPT three API uh, uh, and type in uh create a layout with three buttons with with seven buttons for the colors of the rainbow uh, and uh, show me the selected color uh beside the buttons okay yeah and it it actually create it actually writes the html or javascript or whichever language you want to use it actually writes the code for you in that language yeah. so it's absolutely crazy the impact that it's yeah going and, to. It, and it can uh, even
0: pull data from external sources like uh one example i saw was uh make a list like that and then p- pull a list of the top 10 people that is
1: updated all the time in real time so oh yeah uh, some somebody used it to create a, a an, an exam on american history okay and used it to generate the answer as well so imagine what it can do for uh uh for education, what it can do for a bunch I, of areas. I didn't exactly get that, and I didn't exactly get that, what are the implications, like, he, oh, 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 so, so, so he used it to generate a set of questions, okay, uh, on American history that you would ask in a history exam, okay, uh, and generate the answer it. <laughs> uh, hmm. so, I think that has two implications, one is obviously so much of the work that humans do, we shouldn't be doing that it's it's uh an ai can easily replace it uh and the set the second implementation is about education itself i mean uh if an ai can do it now what's the point of learning those things should we be learning yeah uh more more abstract more human ideas mm-hmm. uh and i i mean i don't know the answer to that but it's uh an interesting and that, that actually
0: brings me to one thing. I know we're totally diverting from the topic now, but it's, uh, but it's an interesting yeah. uh, conversation. Anyway, uh, the, the whole pandemic situation makes you rethink exams as it's being conducted. For, for example, in our situation itself, um, we have colleges now, uh, universities are holding colleges at, at that are to be done at home. Okay, And these are your... Um, entrance exams, so they're not your mid-semester uh, exams like at colleges, which don't matter that much. These exams actually matter because they decide who gets into a college and who doesn't. So, in, in that case, now, uh, for example, one of the universities is uh, having uh, a p- online proctored exam where uh, they have access to your hmm. uh, microphone and your um, webcam, and your, uh, and yeah. there's an uh, uh, there's a person on the other side who can see everything you're doing. And then they'll have, apparently they have certain AI tools that uh, detect if you're cheating and all that. I, I have no idea how that works. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is going to be done for uh, engineering students around India, which are absolutely like, that's a, a huge number. So it'll, uh, it'll it'll be a lot. It'll, it'll at least be like five to six lakhs for this particular university. right? Okay. And uh, now the, the question is... You won't be, even if you do all this, you won't be able to stop me Mm. from putting a paper, uh, a sheet with all formulas and everything right behind my laptop and look into it. What's all my problems. And I can just, I can simply say I was staring ahead. I was thinking about the problem. Now, what are you going to do about that? There's nothing you can do about it. Right. So instead what I'm saying is we should rethink this and make all exams. There's a perfect opportunity to make all exams open book. That, that. I've Mm. always wanted this to happen. And especially when it comes to college entrance exams, okay, I I get boards, you're testing knowledge, certain fundamental knowledge is required. Fine. But when it comes to college entrances, I think at least, at least a significant part of it should be open book because the, how much you can deduce from the material you have is more important than how much material, you know, Uh, when it comes to college, because you're not going to be doing much of what you've learned. now. That's what I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: So, that's uh, yeah. That was a that was kind of a rant, but okay.
1: Wait, wait, wait. How did even how did we even get started on the G P T three point? Uh, oh did right, yeah,
0: G P T three. Yeah, yeah. So we were talking about how China and uh, the, how advanced it's. Uh, the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, how how, how advanced? Yeah. So this uh, this apparently there was a version of this already. Uh, actually, not a gpt P T three. GPT two mm-hmm. in okay. in China before GPT two was launched in uh, by OpenAI here in the sense that uh, it could do it could perform similar tasks and it was in par with GPT two and that was before uh, OpenAI launch. I'm not sure about the latest uh, developments, but this was something I read uh, a while back. So uh, and it's and the thing is there's not much visibility, so we don't really know how how good they are. Uh, their internet is totally different from the mainstream internet. That's why you don't see a lot of Chinese stuff on the Twitter feed and Chinese advances. So they are mm-hmm. probably doing a lot. So uh, I, yeah. meets so and, and you know, one interesting thing, I think this is going to change the world of finance forever. Uh, while uh, all our, uh, well all the Western countries, like even the U S for that matter are run by all these old, uh, uh, old people who hold senators Mm-hmm. Who uh, probably don't see the value of cryptocurrency? So there's absolutely no uh, regulation. Uh, there's no proper regulation in place, even in India, for the matter. Till now, there's no regulation in place, right? But mm-hmm. China are uh, they they are already started trialing it. They launched their first digital cryptocurrency of the yen of the yen. It's centralized, okay? So it's not like the bitcoins. Mm-hmm. It's centralized. So the government has access mm. to information over how it's distributed, but it also has the mm. other benefits of cryptocurrency, which means it's on blockchain. It can; it's incredibly secure. You can't loot it at all. So I think that'll that'll actually give them a total leapfrog in terms of, uh, in terms of how technology. I mean, how currency is exchanged, and that I think will have a major ramification even when it comes to trade and all that. So it could really magnify in the days to come.
1: Yeah, uh, that's definitely true. I mean, uh, uh, but wait, I have a question about that. If it's, if it's centralized, yeah. uh, why is, I mean, the entire concept of blockchain is that it's, uh, it's verified in a decentralized Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so, so I don't, so, what's the concept of a centralized block?
0: So the thing is you will have, uh, nodes, uh, different nodes where uh, all, uh, which all maintain a ledger of all records, which is the concept of decentralization. But except here, you also have one central authority, which is the government who can, who can verify both your private key and your public key. Right. For each, you nodes. Okay. so they, they know they'll know, who made the transaction? Even, even if you don't want to reveal a certain information, which is usually in mm. all cryptocurrencies, that's why it's used in all kinds of scams. You can think about Twitter for that matter. And, mm. uh, but here the government has access to everything, all information about who transferred how much money to whom. So they have access to your private keys too. So that changes things totally. And it's, it's not a good thing, but, um, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll definitely work. It looks like it'll work because the trials have been going on since March now. And the pandemic oh, has wow. slowed them down. Hmm. Hmm. So that's three Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, and the, 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 they, are, they are investing in the right places. Yeah. So that's definitely.
0: And I, I, in a way, I think that they're more forward-thinking than... The policy makers there are more forward-thinking than hmm. the policy makers like, uh, everywhere else. For that matter...
1: Yeah uh, uh so i feel that's a problem with democracy. Mm. uh so wait i i saw this thought on a, on instagram i i thought i saw this quote on instagram yesterday yeah. from a philosophy account. Yeah. It said every honest politician uh has to be a fool. Mm. Okay. B- because there is no person who can honestly agree with more than half of the people. Uh, who mo honestly agree with the uh the ideas of more than half the people in any country
0: right right, but why is he a fool that doesn't that make him more uh, manipulative <laughs>
1: no, no no so no no that means either he's either he's lying hmm. or he or he's foolish enough to believe in all those ideas
0: right right <laughs> right yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah right. yeah uh so i mean what what I mean by that's a problem with democracy is uh so if, for example, you have a, a person who understands crypto, who understands AI, who understands uh, uh, all these technologies, and then he contests elections, uh, what are the chances he'll win compared to someone who contests on, you know, uh, issues that don't really affect anybody, but are populist and people like hearing world? Yeah, that's like one inherent it's, flaw. Exactly. Uh, So that that makes China extremely good at Hmm, this.
0: hmm, hmm. True. Okay, so this is the quote that we were discussing a while back. We know that no one seizes power with the intention of relinquishing it. Yeah. Uh, Obviously. Every revolution ever. The object of uh, most revolutions is to. Replace the current order with uh, something better, but uh, hmm. it usually degrades to what it formerly was. And uh, this, we'll be exploring this idea a bit more in our uh, one of our upcoming episodes. So stay tuned for that. And um, what else? What else? Uh, what do you uh, What do you think about the two minutes hit?
1: okay uh, right so uh, 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 it's again it's related to how if, you, if you're told your happiness comes out of defeat in somebody else uh, then it's, so for for those of you who don't know the two minutes of hate is this thing that happens in Oceania where every day for two minutes uh, uh, hateful messages about the enemies of the party are broadcasted on uh, uh, these things called tele uh which is a way to Broadcast propaganda and also observe everybody in the state, uh, also sp- uh, spy on everybody in the state. Uh, so, uh, the, the so they, they broadcast hateful propaganda against the uh, imports enemies of the party, uh, every day for two minutes. Hmm. So, uh, okay, I mean, we can see that in our world. I mean, what is Arnab Doswami <laughs> doing? Uh, <laughs> Right. And let's like look at so many news channels in India. Uh, our news channels criticize Imran Khan more than Pakistan's news channels probably do. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they, they they talk about Pakistan more than they talk about India. Yeah. So many of our news channels do that. Uh, so it's something we have as well. And it's, it's a very powerful tool, right? If you then... Uh, uh, if you can make somebody think about the enemy outside, uh, whether that person is actually a serious enemy or not,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: nobody cares about internal issues anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that's happened. I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely not implying that's happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, that's a very powerful tool for totalitarian regimes to use. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, vilifying the other uh right but but uh, but having said that so this is in relation to everything that i've said till now uh, having said all of this uh, regarding totalitarianism and all of that uh, i feel this uh, 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 this tendency to exaggerate what is happening uh, is there on both sides okay uh, so when, uh, uh, when 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 pakistan does something for example hmm. the right and let's say uh, india retaliates uh, the right-wing has a tendency to exaggerate what's happened, uh, to say, oh, we've destroyed them, and, you know, they were going to, the the threat was massive, but yet we neutralized it, we are 3-8 and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the other side, there's also, uh, on the other end of the spectrum, there are people who will blow everything out of proportion. The suddenness. Uh, so, the we, sheer suddenness. Exa- no, no, no. no. Uh, yeah, that is, that is the, I, I already thought it in, a, in my first yeah. When I said uh, throw uh, take everything out of proportion, it's when let's say somebody is arrested, mm-hmm. or maybe maybe one RTI theory doesn't work the way it's supposed to, mm-hmm. uh, uh, whatever, something like that. In one second, people will conclude, oh, we are in 1984, you know, we are in a totalitarian country, democracy is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the problem with that is we forget. That we have made massive progress in terms of every field, including democracy. Right, even though now, now currently we might have the rise of uh, many totalitarian leaders in many parts of the world. Even then, on the whole, the world is a much more democratic place than it ever was. Yeah, I was.
0: absolutely agree with that point. Yeah,
1: and and this tendency to exaggerate anything that a government does, and just immediately term it unconstitutional and say. You know we're in uh totally we we're we in an authoritarian world and uh, re- asking for revolution and all of that. I think there's the massive risk of reversing that progress that we've made hmm, hmm, hmm. hmm. yeah so uh so the, I'm not downplaying any of the concerns that we have about these issues, but I think it's important to view everything in the historical perspective and take a balanced view on both sides hmm. Hmm.
0: So, yeah okay okay and um so, one, uh, this is in relation to what we spoke about earlier, but uh, Orwell goes on to say that uh, all the others, even those who resembled ourselves, were cowards and hypocrites. Then German Nazis and Russian communists came very close to us in their methods, but they never had the courage to recognize their own motives. They pretended, perhaps even believed, that they had seized power unwillingly for a limited time and that just run the corner. They lay a paradise where human beings would be free and equal. We are not like that. We know no one ever sees his power with the intention of relinquishing it. So there is the same code, but um ego, like the general tendency. Do you agree with this? That uh, when when the Nazis or uh, even the communists started, they did they? Do you think they believe that um, it wouldn't be a permanent order or a way of things?
1: I think that's, uh, I don't know. I mean, with the Nazis, I'm not so sure. Mm. Uh, uh, But with communism, I mean, communism was envisioned as a way of doing good for the masses. Mm. right? Mm. Mm. Uh, Having said that, you never know what the motivations of the leader itself are. The leader can be someone who understands it very well and uh, does it for the power itself.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay uh tell, tell me one thing uh, this can be kind of controversial but yeah tell me. uh do you think communism failed because of an inherent flaw or do you think it failed because mm-hmm. uh the states didn't execute them properly
1: uh to be honest i am uh, i am not the best informed person on this mm-hmm. uh and i don't want to have a, have an opinion on it at the moment uh, uh, but I'll I'll just make one point that I do generally believe mm. in uh, 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 that this idea of equality,
0: mm.
1: perfect equality, mm. is not possible in human society. Yeah.
0: That leads us back to Orwell. Uh,
1: uh, no, how is it? No, no, not not in the Orwellian sense. So, uh, in the Orwellian sense, the, the a member of an inner party and a member of a prole can never have equality of opportunity.
2: Yeah,
1: right. Mm uh, I am all for equality of opportunity, right. Uh, but any attempt to have an equality of opportunity, obviously you can always say, uh, you know, even if, if pe- so few people will say, okay, everybody has to write the same exam. So we have equality of opportunity, mm-hmm. but obviously you can say that, uh, if you have the money to attend a coaching Institute, for example, uh, then that's not really equality of opportunity. True. Uh, so yeah, I definitely think we are not there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even perfect equality of opportunity it's not possible. is not it's possible. Utopia. It's not possible. It's it's a, it's a utopia, definitely. Hmm. Uh, but with regards to uh, equality of, you know, uh, everybody being the same, hmm. everybody having the same amount of resources uh, and all of that, the reason I say that's not possible is, let's say, uh, so then I'm, I am not... Uh, uh, well read person on this topic so if maybe somebody has thought about this and suggested a way to counter it uh, yeah but let I it... just made my point nonetheless right so just 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 imagine today you decide that inequality has gotten out of hand so you seize everybody's property uh, and you distribute it equally among everybody okay hmm. uh now now you have all of us have equal wealth right but wealth you can't eat wealth. Right. You need to convert wealth into income that can be used to buy something that that can be used to buy food. Mm. Uh, Mm. And uh, so as you keep using it, it obviously goes down. It depreciates in value and you keep uh, using it up, which means you need to invest. it. You need to grow the wealth. Mm. Uh, So now you might choose to uh, invest in one way, uh, whereas I choose to invest it in another. Okay. Mm. Uh, and in a free society, both of us, we have the option to do that. Right. Uh, So what happens in that is, let's say you have a higher business achievement than I do. So naturally you will make more returns than I will. Uh, And because you have made more returns in the next round, you are then are able to generate more wealth than I am able to, because one, you already have more returns and you have a better understanding. Mm. Uh, so gradually even if you create perfect equality today mm. i mean like as as hunter gatherers we were all born equal right nobody had any appreciable uh, advantage over another but we ended up with an unequal society mm. right mm. Uh, so so even today if we created equality somehow eventually we would have an unequal system again unless you have an elaborate system of uh, uh, economic controls and prevention of accumulation of wealth and all of that which i think is just I, I I will I I don't feel comfortable about that kind of a system where you have massive restrictions on what you can do.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Right, and uh, actually Orwell also
0: mentioned in 1984 that uh, he actually talks about that also. Uh, like I know he spoke about the lack of total lack of uh, opportunity, but the, he he speaks in general about the cycle of uh, the poor and uh, the people in power and how the, uh, the after a certain point, the wealthy few, the 1%, as Bernie will be proud of me, but yeah, the 1% <laughs> gets maximum amount of wealth and the poor are just left starving. And that's when there's a revolution to overthrow the people uh, who are at the helm. And then uh, mm. and then when the the poor usually lead the revolution, I mean, there are a few members of the middle class leader, but it's largely constitutes the poor but then what happens is the middle yeah. class come uh, come and take over as a rich rise yeah. of the middle class that that happens all the time even during industrialization every time and, and yeah. then the and then yeah. the poor that uh, slowly elevate to middle class and uh, again there'll be people are left behind who will constitute the poor right you, you mm. can't define rich without defining poor so right. so so that, and this is an ongoing cycle. Uh, that, and essentially, almost every revolution, though there might be a variety of other factors, it always boils down to food. Food is one of the most important criteria for any revolution. If you ask me, in my so opinion.
1: So uh, I saw this uh, interesting in the Red somewhere. I don't know how true it hmm. is, uh, but there's this metric uh, that. If your uh, uh, cost of food becomes more than forty percent of your income or something like hmm. that, uh, then there is a revolution. Okay. Uh, and it's uh, and the source that I read it from says that that's uh, that that was seen across the Arab Spring. Many of the countries which had the oh. Arab Spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's very I interesting. Agree.
0: Right. And um, this is one thing that can lead us to a lot more different discussions. But anyway, freedom is the freedom to say that two plus two make four. If that is granted, all else follows. Remember earlier we spoke about happiness. So uh, again, I, I don't think we answered that very clearly and we got diverted. But uh, mm. what, what do you think matters more freedom or happiness? Don't, don't tell me to go hand in hand. Uh, what do you think? But because both of them can exist and in independent of each other. So, what do you think matters more? Hmm.
1: Okay. Is your is your pet dog free? Uh, I mean, it definitely is happy, but is it free?
0: I wouldn't. I don't have a pet dog, but if I did. Uh. I mean, if you did. I can't. Probably not. Probably not. Not. Right. Hmm.
1: So, uh, so from a purely, from a purely psychological, no, not psychological. From a purely uh, uh, data,
0: I mean, uh, from a purely raw point of view, if you look at it, hmm. if I had a dog, he probably wouldn't. All, all pet dogs, for that matter, probably wouldn't have hundred percent freedom because if when they're walking, you and they want to go somewhere in the middle of the road, you won't let them do that because you care about them so but i either way that means you are restricting their freedom so uh, like from a raw point of view so that would mean nothing.
1: yeah i mean you, you 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 train them using treats yeah yeah <laughs> and are, aren't we all trained using that yeah that's the as kids true, true. do this or you'll that uh, true true uh, or you'll that told that mm, mm, mm. right mm. Uh, but huh. Uh, so happiness can exist without freedom that's probably true yeah uh but is it sustainable is the question right and what i mean by that is mm. now your pet dog is happy because it gets food every day and you hopefully love mm. it mm. okay uh mm. now in a world where we aren't free uh maybe you're getting food today or maybe you are getting some some way that to keep you happy today mm. But in the long run, when there is, uh, there's obviously thrices and there's obviously things that keep changing, right? So uh, again, I'm not, this is a wild idea, Mm -hmm. Uh, but the society created today can't solve tomorrow's problems, right? The the power structure created today can't solve tomorrow's problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, So unless you have flexibility for change in that, can you ensure that tomorrow also when there's some other thrices, everybody has food and everybody will be happy. So what do you propose then? No, so my point is maybe freedom can exist, maybe happiness can exist without freedom, but maybe it's not sustainable. Maybe you won't. Maybe everyone won't be happy forever in that kind of a world.
0: Right. That, that, that's probably true for, uh, uh, like from a historical context. That's actually a constant, hmm. to be honest. Like even even now, there's there's. Freedom isn't guaranteed at all times, right? Actually, I think what you said makes sense. When yeah. when happiness goes hand in hand with freedom, for that moment, for mm. that period, it's sustainable. But mm. but uh, for the same matter, even if uh, let's say you were under a dictator, okay, but you get all okay. the food you need, and um, and you're conditioned in such a way from when you were young that uh, you have to listen. Okay, not dictator, leave. Just take a king, okay. Uh, that you have to uh, obey the, you have to treat the king as supreme. And uh, if the king gives you any work, you should be absolutely honored to do it to the best of your abilities. You should be willing to sacrifice for him, all that. You're conditioned to believe all that when you're very young. Okay. And you're granted an opportunity to die for the king. Okay. in, in such a situation, you would be ecstatic. You would be very, very happy. But the the the, the conversation changes in a different period of time, right? And uh, and you, you know, you're talking about um it not being uh, sustainable. As long as the empire mm. is there, fine, they're happy. And as long as the, they get the things food food mainly, they're happy. But after mm. that, you, you're saying that it's not sustainable if the empire falls for that that matter, or uh, uh, so there's some there's some change like suddenly they want more control or something like that. But
1: that can happen even in a free society, right? no no my my point was uh, uh if basically we have you need you need new ideas to deal with tomorrow's problems correct right? mm-hmm. and if you have a structure where new ideas aren't encouraged how will you have that
2: mm-hmm.
1: and if tomorrow's problems aren't solved and tomorrow's serious problems aren't solved uh uh, where do you Where do you ensure that everybody has food tomorrow and if you don't have i mean i think that's like a precondition to be happy but but if you're hungry why do you if you're, hmm, if, if, hmm, go on. yeah why do I think why that? do you think freedom
0: is a precondition precondition for us to be sustainable tomorrow if the old ways i mean if there's no change okay i'm I'm giving you a mm-hmm. if there's no change right uh, without new, okay. without new ideas there's no change right
1: Hmm. If there's no change, then
0: the old method should work.
1: No, 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 not, not, not change from the society, natural change. So, for example, uh, now climate change is a problem that a lot of governments don't take seriously. Okay. Hmm. Whereas the reality is, it's already affecting a lot of people in tangible ways. Okay. Right. So now, in a world where those people who Whose houses are already being filled with water, whose uh, uh, who already have very little to eat, whose crops are already failing because of rising temperatures and all mm. of that, right? If those people who are the minority today, mm. Mm. okay, uh, already their concerns aren't heard,
2: right? right?
1: Uh, but if they're in a world where they can't even voice their views. Will we will 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 the uh, government ever recognize this as a problem and then plan for it at least so that tomorrow the entire world doesn't face it? And when after a certain proportion of the world faces it, there's a revolution. There's no there's no uh, state of happiness anymore if you don't have uh,
0: food to eat. Right. Okay. Yeah. That kind of makes sense.
1: I mean, I don't know, but maybe maybe you can fix that by uh, <laughs> so the, the, uh, that... having. Yeah. So that, that
0: would be, yeah. if you ask me, that would have been true um, for all these years. Okay. But now hmm. you you have uh, the humanity curve slowly progressing upwards, but now you have another curve that's catching up, which is the curve of technology, which is uh, and uh, hmm. intelligence in tech uh, in. Uh, yeah. Basically intelligence. So uh, not, not human intelligence, hmm. intelligence, machine intelligence. So now, For that Mm -hmm. matter, at a certain point in the future, if machines are able to produce all we need, all food, everything we need without human intervention, such that we get all our basic necessities. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then, and uh, yeah, in that case, do you think we'll be happy Mm -hmm. then than we are now based on the, so, uh, so
1: in, so in that world, that world, but without freedom,
0: uh without freedom yeah, yeah, it has to be without freedom. Hmm.
1: Okay. Uh hmm. So, okay, so I think that raised a number of questions, right? A number of philosophical and psychological questions. What gives us purpose? What uh what makes us uh what gives us satisfaction exactly. because like if you were just just sitting at home for twenty-four hours doing nothing, hmm. How would you feel?
0: Yeah, yeah. Have you read this book called uh, man's Search for Meaning"?
1: V- Victor. Frank- yeah, Victor Yeah, Frankl. Sorry. Uh, no, I haven't. You, read you
0: should it. read it. It's a really good book, even for other people who are listening. You should absolutely read it. And uh, the, he talks about the will to meaning. So the 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 many schools of psychology, right? Uh, the f- one most people mm. know is uh, Freud's Freudian psychology, which is the first Viennese pillar in psychology. Mm. And uh, then you have Adler and his will to power uh, ba- base. Yeah. Freudian everybody knows uh, Adler's will to power. And uh, your third pillar of Viennese uh, psychology is logotherapy or the will to meaning, which is what Viktor Frankl uh, introduced and he in the in the book he talks about uh, how uh, he, he's a, he was a jew in the nazi uh, concentration camps so he talks about what kept people there going even though they were facing one of the most horrible times of the of horrible time that anybody can ever experience any human can ever experience but yet the, they found a will to keep going and that will was in the meaning uh, it was in a meaning of actually being able to survive and go through all the sufferings that life throws at them. That that was the ultimate meaning because they didn't even know if they'll go out. So they weren't looking forward to getting out of the concentration camps and uh, making something of their lives after that. No, they were because that seemed so far-fetched because all they heard was Nazis have taken over all our place and they're probably going to take over the whole world now. So for them, it was about going through the sufferings and making it through the sufferings of life. And now in an ideal society where uh, you have technology doing all the basic work for you, I'm not talking about, too, uh, about this too far in the future. Let's just say uh, it, it has a completely sustainable system to provide you all your basic necessities. Then you'll, have, uh, you'll probably have the problem of meaning, right? what you said makes sense because uh, they they are Mm. basically not undergoing anything and they have nothing to do. But, but there's the idea we introduced earlier was about the one about happiness drugs. Right. So if, if Mm. you're always blissful based on Mm. based on a drug or tablet you take any time of the day, then what will make you, Feel any different? If you're not feeling any different, does it matter.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, if it's an entire, uh, if it's an entirely biochemical thing, mm. uh, happiness. Mm. Uh, and if you have, if you have an advanced enough AI, then it can probably figure it out uh, entirely, right? The complete solution to the problem of what chemicals to be used in what concentration and everything yeah. else. Uh, so you can probably do that. I mean, that about uh, biothemical and all of that, uh, just think about even today. So I, I'm just pondering it in my own point of time. Uh-huh. Uh, now, now in the, uh, pandemic, when a lot of us are sitting at home 24 seven doing mm-hmm. nothing, uh, there are, there are quite a few people who are doing productive things, but also a lot of people have just been, uh, you know, watching Netflix all day mm-hmm. Right. So just people imagine argue, in a world yeah, where but yeah, go on. Some, peop- some people <laughs> some people some people
0: will argue that's productive but yeah go on.
1: Okay fine. No no I don't I, know I guess
0: what you saying go on go
1: on. Yeah yeah uh, but just imagine you know in a world where there's abundance mm. so food is guaranteed mm. uh, and all your requirements are guaranteed if the government just keeps feeding you with subtle propaganda mm. Uh, that makes you believe this is what is good for us Mm. and this is all we need. Mm. Uh, And also just, it's constantly keeping you numb with an endless barrage of information, endless amount of entertainment, endless media, uh, endless junk food, you know, stuff, all the things that make you feel, you know, without even the advanced development of like precise drugs. Right. Basically, even with that, basically, conditioning, yeah, and just giving you the things that you want constantly, just giving you the things that you want, yeah. that you think you yeah.
0: want. Th- Th- that's what happens even in uh, nineteen eighty-four, right? People are uh, generally fed propaganda about uh, the party and how well they're doing, and uh, and they they basically can forget everything by just taking a gin shot. Hmm. So
1: yeah it's good. yeah but the 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 difference is they don't have abundance then. right so in a world with abundance it's even easier right right, right 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 and especially if the if the means to abundance the the technology which creates the abundance is controlled by a small group of people
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so that that actually leads to a very interesting point uh so the the two two branches uh, or uh, you could you could say that they're just part of a timeline, but okay, whatever so one would be the uh the grim picture that Orville paints of um, having one uh, having a few people with unlimited power, unlimited access to technology who can do uh, who can use it to dominate the other people and get work done right actually uh b- before I get to that point, what do you think motivates
1: the party? the the party to have this kind of power. Yeah, I think O'Brien says it in the book, doesn't he? That it's power, The only purpose for having power but is power itself.
0: Does. Yeah, he does. He does.
1: It's a drug. Power is a drug. Yeah,
0: yeah. Great. True. True. True.
1: I remember. But uh, I mean, that is that is again an interesting question, interesting psychological question. Mm. Uh So, I mean, for that matter, what motivates a politician?
0: Yeah, politician or even kings in the past, anybody who has given up so much just to gain control, even in small situations, like even among a group of friends, you have, you'll always have like, I mean, there's sometimes like this one person who tries so hard to take control of the situation completely. And that's it's it's not even like it's just to do it. It's it's very inherent uh, the will to power. Yeah. So that and uh, but yeah. So getting back to the point, the that that's one way we could. Uh, that's one way. The other way I think is, uh, or rather, which will ha- which could happen further down the line is you have uh, the masses, the common people right and, then, hmm. uh, and and then you have a group of uh, powerful people who who have uh, had access to tech and who have been uh, able to incorporate tech in whatever they do and have a certain amount of control but hmm. you also have an ai robot slash robot overlord okay that that has complete hmm. control over the entire system and there the 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 only the only reason they were created initially by humans itself is to do whatever they have to do in the most efficient way possible. So now if the object of a general purpose AI, which doesn't even need a particular uh, direction, let's just say it decides that its objective is to make uh, the world run in the most efficient way possible and distribute resources and allocate resources in the most efficient way possible. In which case, this mm. could totally be a possibility, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, in, in such a situation, it's it's hard to even imagine
1: society. What, what do you, what do you make of it? How do you think it will be? How do I think it will be if there's an AI overlord, which uh, ensures abundance and keeps all of us under control? Yeah. Do you think that will be a, that's a good word to live? Would you live there?
0: Would you choose to live there if you had the choice?
1: Are we living in that?
0: Hmm.
1: If it we could be a simulation, where God could be an alien who's controlling us.
0: Or he could just be us controlling us. We could be a, a recursive world. Recursive. Oh, what, what?
1: What? What does that?
0: Mean? Like okay, let, let's just say at some point in the future. Okay. Uh, we humans us uh, are able to create a simulation that is exactly like us. Okay. And, and it doesn't have to be the same people, not, but the society is same. All the wars mm-hmm. and everything happened uh, in a very similar fashion and we get to where we are. Okay. And, uh, they, they further develop, uh, they get to the point where we were, when we developed them and they develop another um, simulation which is exactly. So uh, it could be a series of such simulations in a recursive manner. Right. You get what I'm saying. In, in in, inception. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Essentially, essentially. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. But okay. So coming back to the point of, would I like to live in that kind of a world? Mm -hmm. Uh, so the first question is, I wouldn't know if I lived in that kind of a world. I mean, the AI would be smart enough to not let me know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Uh, But as an outsider looking at it and realizing that this is how it is. No. Hmm. Because uh, like I said, we are making progress rapidly. uh, We shouldn't give up freedom for just more abundance. Hmm.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, Okay. So tell me this. Like um,
0: in the grand scale of history,
2: Hmm. Hmm.
0: you have uh, democracy has been around in its form that we know today. And I, I think this mm. is probably the most liberal form of democracy we've seen throughout history, A liberal form of government, uh, governance rather we've seen in our yeah. entire history. Right. So, mm. uh, do you think this will stay or do you think, um, in the grand scheme of things, this is as insignificant as, uh, probably any other emperor, but we had war mm. and, uh, all that happening for a long time, ever since we were even hunter-gatherers. Do you think this is an unnatural mm. state or do you think it's uh, where we ought to go and where we will continue progressing? Hmm.
1: Is democracy the natural state of the world that we will stay in? Yes. That we will keep progressing hmm. in? Hmm.
2: Huh.
1: I, I honestly don't know. But, I mean, obviously, nobody can yeah, yeah. answer for that. Uh, uh, but, okay, so, one is, for that, education is important. You need to know about your rights and freedoms, and know to defend them. Uh, so, if that stops happening, obviously, it's all over. Uh, uh, but, I think, you know, gradually, more and more people are tasting power. Mm. Uh and I think that's, that's the best way to do it. Right. If you, if you allow more and more people to get a taste of power, yeah. uh, right. They, they don't want to give it up that easily.
0: True. But uh, the one thing that I notice that's different now is with, uh-huh. with see one thing that you can see is people who have exposure to more knowledge, right. Generally yeah. have a liberal bias. Yeah. Uh, Aman, can you come on?
1: Uh, sorry? Yeah, come on. Go on. Go on. Yeah, you, they have. So, are you done there? That they generally have. I'm, 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 I'm
0: asking. I'm asking.
1: Yeah, they do. That's that's easily proven.
0: Right. So, in in which case, do you think uh, the current state of being is actually proportional mm-hmm. to? the development of technology itself do you don't you think it will make i'm talking about a very exaggerated future where uh, hmm. don't you think that uh, an advanced uh, sentient ai would would hmm. opt for a more liberal society to get to, yeah if it's a benevolent ai would offer a liberal mm-hmm. society rather than one where it controls everything. Actually, that's, that's a very interesting question. If, if, uh, what do you think an AI, a benevolent AI would do a, an AI, which cares about the happiness of the people? What do you think it'll do? Will it, uh, impose, um, a uh, proper state where it has control over all everything, production, everything, or do you think it'll, uh, establish a liberal society? Okay. So, uh,
1: have you, have you read the life 3.0 by Max Tedmark?
0: No, no, I haven't, but I've been meaning to read it.
1: So yeah, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a nice book on AI, but in the introduction, in the prologue, hmm. uh, he, he said, so it, it's very important to specifically define the objectives of an AI, right? Because it will start optimizing for that. Hmm. Hmm. So now if you if you say if you give it the objective makes everybody happy, yeah, yeah. then it'll it it'll, it'll optimize for uh, just creating drugs that make everybody happy. Uh right, because that's the optimum solution. Yeah. The optimum solution isn't creating the free world where everybody can find their ways to be happy and uh you know everyone derives happiness in their own way. True. That's not the optimal solution. True. The optimal solution is obviously just give everybody drugs that keep them happy. But
0: uh, if that's the optimal solution, why wouldn't you want to be a part of that world when you don't even realize that you're missing out on something?
1: Uh, so in my current state of being, I have an irrational uh, uh, yes. love for freedom. That's all. Hmm. Yeah. That's
0: all. Yeah. we are all deluded. <laughs> but yeah. Hmm, hmm. Nice. So uh, that that uh, that is it, I guess. I think I'll end with the end of the book, which is... Oh, that's genius. I think this, this book, the reason why it left such a huge mark on me was because of that brilliant ending. I've, I've mm. never heard heard of a better ending. So uh, so this is when... Uh, so what happens is, for people who haven't read it, Winston... Uh, so as Amman was saying earlier, Winston tries to rebel... Uh, not not exactly rebel rather do rebellious things that are against uh the party right but eventually o'brien who was posing as a member of the brotherhood but is actually a party member catches him and then uh, uh gets him to uh, like starts morally reconditioning him by introducing various modes of torture right and uh, for, for me then then after that uh, yeah so uh, Amar, you had an interesting viewpoint on this you, you said that um, moral reconditioning wouldn't uh, would you you wouldn't actually be the way orwell describes it in the book, in the book you wouldn't actually uh, submit to it completely can you elaborate on that
1: okay so i'll make two points here hmm. uh one is if you notice uh in the book so w- w- winston is uh, so in in the in Oceania, love and sex and all of these things are prohibited mm. uh, uh, for pleasure, mm. for producing things. They're obviously not prohibited. Uh, uh, so, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yet, uh, Winston engages in a uh, romantic relationship with this uh, girl called Julia, mm. right, who's also a party member. Mm. Uh, uh, so, w- when they're both taken to the uh l- uh, to the Ministry of uh, Love, which is the place where they're imprisoned. It's ironically called the Ministry of Love. Right. Uh, so, when both of them are imprisoned, uh, Winston makes a decision to be willing to take pain for her. So, he says, give me more pain than her, but don't give her any pain. I'm willing to accept initially. it. Uh, initially, he says that. But so the, the the important question here is, that's an intellectual decision that he's making. Right, it's in his head hmm. that uh, I am willing to accept pain. I love her, and I'm willing to accept pain. But the problem is, he doesn't feel this in his bones. Hmm. Right, hmm. Uh, he doesn't. It's it's not there in his uh, heart as a natural thing. Right, it's something that he has to tell himself. So when he's pushed to the limits, hmm. he breathes, Yeah. Right. So that makes me that makes me worried about a lot of people. Including me, for example, who are quite intellectual about these issues, hmm. right? What happens when we are pushed to the limits? Will we break? Hmm. That's a very uh, troubling uh, interesting topic. Uh, and the right hmm. and and so so that 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 brings me to the end of the book, hmm. which is brilliant. Uh, so thereafter, he's been tortured and re-educated and reconditioned and all of that. Uh, at the end of the book, he says i submit and i realized i love big brother yeah so the the question i asked myself at the end was can that happen to me like okay i may under so much uh, torture and everything i might morally submit mm-hmm. you know i might uh, say okay i'll a- accept your authority
2: mm-hmm.
1: but will i love the uh, the the person who's torturing me can that happen? Will I agree with him and say, yes, he is, what he is doing is good for me. What the, he or she or the authoritarian figure is doing is good for me.
0: Okay. T- tell me this then, uh, your conditioned from a young age to, uh, I don't know if this is right. I don't know if it's the right way to put it, but your conditioned from a young mm-hmm. age to, mm-hmm. uh, to love your parents, right? Yeah, uh, and I I don't know how to exactly define love, loving parents, but but uh, do do you think it's conditioned or do you think it's something that uh, that that's inherent to humans?
1: I mean, it's a probably a combination of both, right? Hmm. Every every animal to some extent is conditioned to love their parents. Yeah, so it it was... No, no. I mean, no, no, not 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 condition is naturally from an evolutionary perspective. If you don't, if you don't love your parents, who will protect you? If you don't get protected, you will die. Correct, correct, correct. So it made sense to love your parents, but uh...
0: and for that matter, uh, other uh, human creations, right? Like uh, okay, that 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 is from an evolutionary point of view, which can be described by science. Okay, mm-hmm. so now I'm talking about other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say. Uh, human constructs like money God mm. there's so many people mm. who are taught to take this as an un- undeniable gospel of life which you can't yeah, you can't deny and yeah. you, can yourself, you can't live without it at all so in yeah. which case don't you think that is a conditioned thing
1: hmm but uh yeah, I mean that is condition. My problem isn't with the conditioning. My problem is with the method. Okay. Hmm. So if if somebody tortured me hmm. into not adhering with them, not just other adhering them is still fine. But believing that they are good for me, believing that they love me, if someone conditioned me into doing that, would that happen? And I don't. We have that.
0: absolutely no precedent. to look, at least in our, at least in my yeah. knowledge. Exactly. So that's, I guess that's an open ended question, but yeah, it's a scary one. Yeah. It's a scary one.
1: Definitely something to think about. Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah. Winston loves big brother. We'll end on that note. Uh, so yep. this is uh, wonderful. We'll, uh, if you have any, if you have any, um, uh, disagreements or anything, feel free to contact us. Uh, And details will be on Spotify. You can contact me, Suraj, on uh, the contact details provided there. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed. Even if you have any feedback, uh, let me know. Right? Yeah, thanks for uh, coming, Amman. It was great. Thanks for having me on. It was a great time. I had a great time. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, then, until the next episode. Goodbye, guys.